Community Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I have been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Joyce Briggs. Joyce is the president of the Alliance for Contraception in Cats and Dogs. Joyce has been privileged to work full-time in animal welfare since 1995. Much of that focused on how to better manage and innovate in population control in cats and in dogs. Her passion for this area started in the early 1990s with her volunteer work with the Philadelphia-based The Spade Club. Esther Meckler, founder of Spay USA, was an early inspiration and mentor and helped Joyce transition to full-time work in this area. As director of marketing and PR for the American Humane Association, Joyce created, wrote, and produced the first marketing video and workbook to promote pediatric neutering in 1995. The case for early neutering video publication, which was distributed at no charge to 1,200 animal welfare agencies and all veterinary schools. As executive director of PetSmart Charities in 1999 to 2005, she developed and oversaw the grants program, which raised and distributed $23 million to the animal welfare cause, about half of which supported spay-neuter programs with early grants to Humane Alliance and other industry innovators, and a wide support of TNR. As president of ACCD since 2006, Joyce has helped advance interest in, work toward, and support for creating non-surgical sterilants for progressive population control of cats and dogs. She plays a key cultivation role in developing strategic partnerships advancing this field, including being the impetus for the $75 million Mickelson Prize and Grants Program. ACCD has just concluded a study of a contraceptive vaccine for female cats, is working on developing a 21st century ear tag to better identify free-roaming cats, and has a team doing computer simulation modeling to help TNR programs be more strategic in setting goals and measuring results. Joyce is also co-founder of the Animal Shelter Alliance of Portland, Oregon, and has volunteered with their leadership team for over 10 years. During this time, the live release rate in the greater Portland metro area has risen from 61.5% to 94% in part due to over 60,000 targeted cat sterilization surgeries completed since 2010. Joyce is married with a 10th grade daughter, two dogs, two cats, three goats, two chickens, and a frog. Joyce, I'd like to welcome you to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much, Stacey. I'm not sure I have much left to add after that bio. <laughs> well, how did you get your passion for animal welfare back in the 80s and the early 90s? Back, in the back then, way back then. I know, we were both back then. <laughs> you know, one of my earliest memories is as a small child sitting on a porch swing holding a uh, two kittens in my lap and they were kittens born to a stray female cat at some friend we were at and and they were they were dying they were close to death and i remember my marveling at them and my being so sad about the fact that, that, that there was nothing i could do and i sometimes think that 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 experience has just stayed with me and wanted to 
you know, had made me want to be able to give back and to do something. So I think that really early experience, so like probably many of your listeners have had, has really um, fueled my passion from the beginning. And so, you know, we're going to talk a lot about the work that you do at ACC and D. Um, but first, if you could tell us in general, what are the programs that they offer across the board? ACC and D is is really focused on um, advancing non-surgical methods of fertility control for cats and dogs. And that's a pretty close niche. However, when you look into that, there's a, a fair bit that's involved. One of those, obviously, is advancing the technology and products so that we have something to use. I, I'm a huge fan of spay neuter and have worked on that for years, but I believe we need to have additional tools in our toolbox, both here in this country and certainly around the world. So we're focused on that technology, but there's also things like, you know, if you've, if we've given say an injection or treated orally a cat, um, and we know that they are contracepted or sterilized, how, if they have no surgical signs of that, how are we going to know? You know, and that's particularly important for free roaming community cats. So we've worked on identification and new ways we might be able to ID cats that have been treated that way. We've also tried to look at the, um, look at kind of the dynamics of population control for feral cat colonies. And that's partly been to understand that if we can first get a multi-year contraceptive on the market before we have something that's truly permanent, would that be helpful for us? So we've done a lot of work in that area too. How far away are we from having a permanent sterilization program for the cats? You know, that's a really good question. And it's, one that I can't fully answer. Um, we at this point there is a a permanent sterilant for male dogs, and that's the only one that is on the market that is permanent in the world. Cats are really good at reproducing, and they're even more challenging than dogs in some ways. And I think with the work that's going on through the Michelson Prize and grants, I think, but I I believe that within the next decade we're going to. That said, we, we need to keep hard at work on using surgical sterilization as a tool in the interim. So Joyce, can you tell me a little bit about the studies that you're working on and the modeling projects? Yes. So um, first of all, we've been working with a, a vaccine that we believe have has promise for female cats. And it is a vaccine that was developed by the National Wildlife Research Council in Fort Collins, which is a part of our government, and it was de- it was developed for deer and wild horses, and it is labeled. It has regulatory approval, and it's labeled for use for one year. There was a prior study in cats um, about five years ago that indicated that that vaccine was contracepting cats for an average of about three and a half years, and that about twenty five percent of cats in that study were still infertile at the end of five years. So we found that very encouraging. And given there was no one else um, kind of stepping up to do the next step in that assessment, we sponsored a study in 30 female cats that just concluded. Um, we, we found that indeed the gonacon, which is the, the name of that vaccine, did um, prevent cats from getting pregnant longer than the control cats. 
But unfortunately, in in our situation with the cats that were involved, that were um, more of a free roaming cat group, they um, about 70% of them got pregnant by the end of the year. So it didn't in any way meet our benchmarks for continuing working with that that product. That was important results to get. It was not what we hoped for, but as I'm told, that's science. <laughs> uh, we did learn a lot from that study. Um, people can see more about the, um, the details of the study on our website, which I know we'll, we'll provide the URL to. But we really learned how to create an incredible environment for cats to with, with high-enriched and very humane. And, and we were able to, um, to, to study cats in that environment and then find that they all got very good homes. So we learned a lot from that study, but unfortunately, it didn't mean that we are going to take the next step with this particular vaccine. We'll be looking to what other technology um, might have promised for the for the next step. What kind of identification are you thinking of? That's one of the challenges. Imagine that you're able to give your the free roaming cats in your colony um, a shot, and it will keep them infertile for say five years, say permanently. You should be able to do that without anesthesia, right? Perhaps some sedation um, to give them a shot. But the challenge will be you won't be able to visibly know that they've been sterilized. It wouldn't make sense to ear tip them in that situation because, one, they're not under full anesthesia. Um, and if this is, say, a five-year contraceptive, you wouldn't want to erroneously indicate that that cat is infertile for life. So we've been looking at ways to to do that. And we've tested um, what is essentially kind of a 21st century ear tag in cats. It is the color, um, the color and shape of it is coded so that you could, you could with a, an easy guide, you could tell when they received their contraceptive shot and their vaccines. And we are also exploring how to have an externally mounted RFID, like a microchip on a tag, not in the cat with the hope that we would be able to read that at more like 20 feet away rather than having to get right next to the animal to read a microchip like we do with the current microchips. So that's in development. We've had some encouraging results of, of this ear tag staying in cats in a very small group of cats who got the ear tag when they had dentals. And we're, we're excited about solving that as we move towards having new tools available so that we're ready to launch. Want to learn more about grants? Register for Grants 101, a Community Cats podcast webinar on March 30th at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Learn the ins and outs of writing grants, how to track them, and how to do follow-up reports. This is a perfect educational opportunity for a small organization looking to develop a strategic grant writing program as a fundraiser. Go to communitycatspodcast.com and click the link on the homepage to register. After registering, you'll receive a confirmation email containing information about joining the webinar. That's Grants 101, a Community Cats podcast webinar on March 30th at 2 p.m. If you like the Community Cats podcast and would like to help promote Community Cats in your state, then we need you. We're looking for a couple of people from each state to be Community Cats ambassadors. What do you get by being an ambassador? You'll be mailed a promo kit of items to use to help promote the show at any event that you attend in your state. If you don't attend many events, hey, that's okay too. Do you have a network of people that love community cats? You can help with emailing groups in your state to let them know about the CCP and offer them the benefit of community cat swag. 
The more we can spread the word about the show, the more we can do to help cats across the country. Please email Stacy, S-T-A-C-Y, at communitycatspodcast.com if you'd like to represent your state. Thank you. So it seems like you're a big fan of targeted TNR. What sort of studies have you done? I am a big fan of of targeted TNR. And in my um, in my volunteer life, we've done a very targeted cat cat program in the Portland area that has had made a huge difference in the intake of cats and free roaming feral cats specifically on our shelters or in our shelters. Um, for ACCD, we've done some pretty sophisticated computer modeling, working with teams that oftentimes model how to restore endangered populations in the wild. And this is looking at it kind of on the flip side, which is to say, how can we effectively um, target colonies to reduce populations, knowing that we want to help the individual cats that are sterilized, but also we want to see that population come down over time. Um, we've published some of that work and are about to publish more of it. Um, what we've seen is encouraging in that that TNR done, if you if you can set goals and really meet your goals and kind of front load your surgeries, your interventions up front, you can see populations come down. But it is, it's pretty important to be able to know what the number of cats are that you're working with and to be able to monitor over time if you're making a difference so that you know how much surgery to deploy. So Joyce, can you tell me a little bit about the Michelson Prize? Sure, sure. The Michelson Prize is a $25 million prize and up to $50 million in grants, so $75 million all told, toward the kind of the holy grail of creating a non-surgical sterilant for, that works in dogs and cats, males and females, is affordable and able to be delivered in the field. So it's, it's a really exciting program and a huge investment into this work, the likes of which has never happened before. It was it was launched in 2008 and did the first grants in 2009. So there's quite a lot of learning coming in so far. And they really had to start in some ways at filling in some of the foundations of cat reproduction that weren't well known because there hasn't been a lot of work on in this area in cats before. So there are researchers all over the world that are looking at and working through ways to humanely, reproductively control cats and dogs. So it's very exciting. And I think from that work, we're going to find the, the new things that, that offer promise for us in the future. So Joyce, I would assume many universities are involved in this prize. Yes. Most of the grants are in universities and it goes from... In, here in the United States, Australia, uh, in Edinburgh, Scotland, uh, and in names like Harvard, you know, so there's some amazing scientists that are turning their sights to this. Some of the people who are working on the forefront of uh, fighting cancer and targeting cells for other diseases, looking at ways to target reproduction and have that kind of dialed down. This is really a heady conversation. I mean, it's just so deep thinking about these solutions. It is. And, you know, I am not, Stacy, a veterinarian or a scientist. I hang out a lot with them and we have met up them on our board and scientific advisory boards. 
I'm probably good for speaking to a lay audience about it because I need to have it <laughs> kept at that level. So I want to touch on a quick topic that has come up a lot in the community cats world and the conversation revolves around rats. And I believe I saw in one of your newsletters um, some information that the work that you had done around rats, but it seems like we now have a battle of the cats versus the rats in many urban areas these days. And I wanted to know if you wanted to comment on that a bit. Oh, you know, that brings two things to mind. One is that whenever we intervene with animals in an ecosystem, there are implications for other animals that they either prey on or that prey on them. So certainly the cat and rats have, have always been related. Intriguingly, what you're probably referring to is there is a, uh, there is a new, newly approved rat contraceptive called Contrapest that is intriguing. And it's something that has been looked at for dogs and cats as well, but is not nearly as far along. And I don't know if it will have the potential for them, but it's, it's an interesting product that targets both the, the primordial follicles. Mammals only have a certain number of those female mammals. And once they're gone, you go into a menopause. And so this is kind of creating a premature menopause in rats. And also there's an additive that is affecting the males. So the rats in this study, one of which was done in the New York subway system, um, actually saw a significant re you know, reduction in, in litter size initially and then in overall um, rats throughout the, the testing that they did. Yeah, I find them every time I'm going to speak with a board of health, they're asking me about rats. And, and tell me more. What are they asking you about? Do we how to how to get rid of them? Oh, I see. You go to talk about cats, and they want to talk about rats. <laughs> so it shows what their problems are as our cat populations begin to go down. So Joyce, since you've been in the business for twenty years or so, what has your impression about community cats been like from the past? And then, what do you think life will be like for community cats looking forward? Oh, that's a really good question. I feel like we have made tremendous gains in the area of community cats over the last 20 years. And I think your podcast is a great example of that. I think there's an audience for these topics or this topic, and there's an acknowledgement of this is a really valid cause and a, a thing to be working on. I think in community cats, I, I see that we are bringing more science to that over time. And I think that will help us do a good job for the individual cats through TNR, but also really plan projects that will help us see the reduction of cats on the landscape, cats that are not able to be maintained in a high quality, high welfare quality. So if folks are interested in finding out more about ACCND, how can they find you? You can go to our website at www.acc-d.org. There's a lot of resource materials on that, including a whole section on guidelines for applying some of our modeling in your TNR work and a guide done by biologist John Boone and ASPCA researcher Margaret Slater on monitoring cat, cat populations counting cats in your area. How do you do that? You don't have to count every cat, but if you're going to know if you're making progress over time, you need to get have some trends and look to see whether you're you're having fewer cats that in your colonies um, over time. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? I 
just appreciate the opportunity to to talk with you. And if they like to keep abreast of what's going on in the field of non-surgical fertility control, um, please sign up for our e-newsletter. They will we'll issue one about every eight weeks or so. Joyce, I want to thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show, and I hope we'll have you on in the future. Thanks so much, Stacey. I'd like that. The Community Cast podcast is now getting over 3,000 downloads a month. The word is spreading, and we have a fast-growing listener support base. Would your business want to be a sponsor of the show and help us to continue our programs? To find out more details, please go to www.communitycatspodcast.com slash sponsor. 